time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, March 30th, 2020, and what a crazy week it was last week. And I hate to say it, things are about to get even crazier, have the potential getting crazier this week. So I can't wait to get into it. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener and you, our listener, I didn't realize how far up and into the federal government our program is listened to. We have got calls over the weekend from some amazing individuals in amazing places of authority. So it's a real value. Again, it comes from our commitment to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. In the Hot Topics segment, man, pick about <laughs> Hot Topics. We're going to talk a lot about what's going on in the first half of the program, in the industry update. We're going to talk about what's going on, some of the things that we're aware of. But in the Hot Topics segment, we're going to be talking about how you can prepare for the future and how you could have prepared for what's going on right now, especially when we're challenged on the recording side, because we've got John Ralston coming on. He's the director of e-lending for Origination Technologies Divisions of Black Knight, the provider, premier provider of integrated software and data analytics for and to the mortgage industry. But first, before we get into that, and I can't wait to get into that, by the way, we pre-recorded the Hot Topic segment on Friday, so it's pre-recorded. What we're doing is we're looking past the storm, and that's what we're starting to do with the Hot Topic segments. The storm, we're going to talk about that in the first half of this podcast. We want to say a special thank you to our friends at the Industry Syndicate, industrysyndicate.com. We're a part of it. You can listen to many podcasts that are out there. We are getting closer together and are doing more together as podcasters, talking to mortgage media. David Matthews is also what David Stevens is a part of. Eric's a part of it. We're forming a close affiliation with them. We have it with the Industry Syndicate. And also, I was talking to Clayton Collins this weekend. Uh, he was doing a he was doing a Skype or Zoom call. And listen to this. They were starting as they were just 20 seconds in to this live Facebook interview. And outside of Clayton's and his back deck, a squirrel fell out of the tree outside of this window right behind it. His dog picked it up and ran into the house. While he's doing that, his wife and two daughters started screaming. It was a disaster. The way Clayton wrote about it in Housing Wire, I talked to him on Saturday. I say, can I tell this story? So it's so funny. Uh, I don't know if we have a, a link to it, but we should. We will put it in our show notes. But it was hilarious as he told the story so i was talking to him he said dave you do podcasts but have you ever had anything like that happen where your wife and two daughters are screaming because the dog's running around with a squirrel in the background it was crazy anyway uh we're working more closely with clayton and the housing wire on coordinating the stories and then i was talking to paul mallow a lot 
There's just so much going on, and we're all trying to keep track of it and do a good job. By the way, they're talking about communication. I want to give a shout-out to Kevin Pereno, Chief Lending Officer of PRMG. He did a great video on Saturday that really talked about the Jenny May rescue that is coming as a result of the pass-through uh, assistance program that Jenny May announced. Now, then that program is going to be addressing the margin calls related to MSRs. You can watch what Kevin said in the show notes, but he did a great job. And here's the reason I, I highlight that is because as leaders, we need to be talking to our people about what's going on. He, he went for a walk. He lives in Newport Beach. I used to live there in that area. I love it. And he's walking and talking and it was so good that they shared it on so on LinkedIn. It was just outstanding. And I use that as an example, folks, as how we need to be communicating as leaders. Also, Barry Habib, if you did not see last week's Barry's Insights, he nailed it when he laid out exactly all that's going on. Now, that was going on earlier in the week, but it is just crazy all that transpired since he produced it. But it laid a foundation, and that was circulated throughout the industry that did a really good job of laying it down so loan officers could understand it. I mean, face it, loan officers are dealing with borrowers. They're not necessarily up on the capital markets. But this broke it down in such a simple, basic way that was so effective that people were able to read it and understand it. It was circulated like crazy. So shout out to my good friend Barry. I called him. We've been sharing and comparing notes of all that's going on. And we're working also with the MBA and CMLA to coordinate and get these stories right. Lots, lots, lots going on. Let's get on and say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Finastra, the Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution, automatically addresses compliance issues, and a whole lot more. Check out Finastra.com, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Thank God they had their their winter conferences before all this happened. But two great organizations, I encourage you to consider being a part of them. Also, CMLA, which stands for the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, coordinates very closely with the MBA on initiatives. We're going to have Michael Jones, who's a Thrive Mortgage, who's also part of that, on here. And he's going to be with us this week. We're moving him out to next week so we can get a little more focus on what has developed this week. I'll explain why in just a minute. Also, I want to say thank you to Indicom. Thrilled to have them as a sponsor as well as Incelerate. Josh, we had him on as a guest recently. Really, that my phone's blew up. We had so much information that people wanted to learn more about. Check it out at Incelerate.com. Then also AI Assist, Artificial Intelligence, Communicating and Marketing to Your Borrowers, as well as Celebrity Home Loans. Today was on the phone this early, early this morning with David, who owns the company, as well as Pete Gabrione and Eric. So much going on there in the marketplace. They're out there, David, uh, Robnet, and Pete Gabrione, they're out interesting acquiring companies in the midst of this. And so if you're out there, we can help you make introductions and get you in there. They're one of about three or four buyers that we're representing looking to pick up companies in this crazy market. Also, Knowledge Coop and again, Mobility RE. Great to have them as sponsors as well as Modex. Glad to have them here. Both Mobility RE and Modex are helping you identify LOs and realtors uh, who can help you connect who's doing what volume and where and what kind of products as well as Velma, VendorServe, Vidyard. And finally, a special thank you goes out to Alice, Andy, Allen, and Joe. And I can't wait to get into this podcast because we have so much to share with you. But let's start it off and kick it off with a report from Rob Van Raphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? 
This is Rob Van Rapport's Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, President Trump signed a major stimulus package known as the CARES Act. The bill included a bunch of provisions for the real estate finance industry, including direct payments to Americans that experienced financial hardship because of the pandemic, enhanced unemployment benefits, small business lending to cover payroll, rent, and mortgage interest, funding for HUD rental assistance programs, limited CECL relief for depositories, and funding for a broad liquidity facility that may potentially be, be made operational for both residential and commercial multifamily mortgage servicers. The bill also includes single-family and multifamily commercial, commercial forbearance, foreclosure, and eviction provisions. Up next, MBA will be working with the administration on implementation of the liquidity facility and will continue to work with Congress on a fourth package of relief that is expected to include additional real estate provisions. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. There's so much information in that, especially that last statement. There a fourth provision. What will be in that? Uh, we definitely need to help. we got to stop these margin calls. Andy's going to be talking about that a little bit later on. Uh, we have two types of margin calls, folks. We have the margin calls on pipeline, and we have the margin calls on MSRs. Both are just devastating lenders. And it looks like they may have fixed the margin calls on MSRs, and it looks like the Fed may have listened, and we're seeing Fed buying really slowing down today. But let's get into what's going on in the markets with Joe Farr. Joe, good to have you here with us, my friend. Hey, Dave. You know, the Fed being in the market the way they are is making it a little bit choppy. There's some securities that are down, some are up. Right now, the the Fannie Mae, the Fannie Freddie, 2.5% is about where the where it ended the day on Friday, but it has been up as much as half a point earlier in the day. And so, it, you know, the volatility continues. The Dow's up uh, pretty nice, up over 500 points. So, the Fed, and, and some of that's due to the uncertainty that's no longer there regarding the stimulus package. Pending home sales number came out today. It exceeded expectations. What that is, is kind of the, it's a measure of contracts signed by previously owned homes, but this data was for February, so it doesn't do us a lot of good. Looking at last week, it was a little less volatile than the week before, at least for MBS prices. You know, the Fed was in it in a very erratic way the week before, and, and as they kept making changes to what they were going to do and buy, they they were moving the market uh, in a very volatile way. They were still doing it, you know, in a big way this this most recent past week, but at least they were a little bit more consistent in their message. They did announce late in the day on Friday that they were going to reduce their purchases of uh, treasuries and mortgage-backed securities and treasuries they had been buying at $75 billion a day, and that was going to be reduced to 60 and they had been buying mortgage-backed securities at about uh, $60 billion a day, and that was going to be reduced to 40 and, and you might have some more information on that if you want to relay that now, Dave. Well, we are, again, I was on the phone call with a number of people, number of executives, mortgage executives, who are talking to the highest levels. I don't want to mention names in here, but literally individuals that were talking to Powell directly, or I mean, leading individuals, I mean, previous, those that lived through the previous meltdown, you can figure out who those might be, but they were talking to Powell over the weekend, begging him to slow down purchases, because every time the, the Fed was in buying, it drives interest rates lower, which triggered more margin calls. And we had margin calls of, of the 
that. I know some of the numbers, they're with clients, and, and it's in the tens of millions of dollars, folks. I mean, it's unbelievable. And in, the, in one particular large aggregator, it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it's so significant that companies cannot sustain that. I don't care what their balance sheet is. Some of them are well positioned with plenty of cash. At least they thought so until they went into that storm, Joe. And then it got so bad where literally this week, if the feds are not being proactive, we'll see some major, major lenders going out of business. The headline that was published, I couldn't believe it, was that Quicken may need, uh, there was there's speculation, uh, was on a report saying they definitely did. It was speculation saying that Quicken could even need a bailout and uh, had need some money. So that bailout wasn't exactly the words, but it was very close to that. I can't remember exactly what the words, but it was definitely, they are going to need some help. And so, and it all kind of was the MSR issue and some market volatility. So it was a double whammy. So sure. one's been taken care of, but hopefully, Joe, we're going to hear that the feds have slowed down. And it seems by all evidence this morning, the feds have really slowed down their buying. So hopefully we're going to see some stability. Yeah, it looks like it's about 9.30 Eastern time, too, because it really took a turn. MBS prices were up pretty big, at, you know, up a half a point again. Monday morning, this morning, uh, and then just turned lower at 9.39, maybe closer to 10. But, uh, yeah, and when they're in there buying, it it does change the market. Um, Dramatically. Yeah, other things during the last week, Dave, not of much significance given the big stuff that's going on, but as we talked about in last week's show, jobless claims were coming, and they could be a big number, and they certainly were a big number, much more, much bigger than... Uh, people I was quoting had expected, and I think much bigger than most people expected at 3.2 million. This Thursday's jobless claims number is supposed to be about that same amount, so you know, still have lots of bad news coming out, uh, coming our way. Good thing, though, as you mentioned earlier, as, as Rob mentioned, uh, the stimulus package was signed, so it eliminates one of those uncertainties. And, you know, that that was looking to be more and more positive last week. It did help the stock market and actually helped the stock market achieve its biggest weekly gain since 1938. So looking at this week, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the market with uh, with the Fed. If they do, if the Fed slows their purchases, we might see a little pullback in MBS prices, which means something to your customers that are looking to refinance, but uh, it means other things to hedgers and servicing managers, et cetera. So need to pay attention. We do have a lot more data coming out this week that is relevant to the effect of the coronavirus in that we have consumer confidence tomorrow. We'll see how much the consumer has been impacted by this. Uh, Wednesday, we have ADP, employment change, and ISM manufacturing index. Thursday, another jobless claim, and as I mentioned, another 3 million new claims expected. And then on Friday, the March non-farm payrolls will come out. The consensus is for a loss of 100,000 jobs, and uh, unemployment rate increased to 3.9% from 3.5% now. Both those sound like less than I think will happen, but you know, it, it is March data and uh, a more current look at what's going on and uh, could be bad. Well, it, it, <laughs> well, certainly we can anticipate more volatility this week. Hopefully, not with the Fed buying. Hopefully, that'll slow down and bring some stability in that side of it. That will bring much, much 
miraculous needed help. I mean, to, to those that are going through it right now, it'll feel like a miracle, but it's manageable. Appreciate it, Joe. Thank you so much. In fact, we went with you first because I wanted to get out exactly what's going on. We're going to go back and listen to Go Back. Our normal orders have Les Parker on, and we're now going to play Les Parker's clip. So without further ado, let's get into Les Parker's view, a macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Oh, my Jeremy One. Jeremy One. Clean Hand's going to give us some time. Corona. When we make our motor run, our motor run. Started coming off the dime. Corona. With dollars ready to flow to idle workers and struggling businesses, hope rises. Optimism leaps with enlightening data on death rates and promising treatments. Expect consumer confidence and jobs to grow as the risk of awful sickness declines. Look for bumps along the way back to normalcy, but Americans will open up the economy to turn on a dime, Corona. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Yeah, good good song, Les. Big news in there. Anyway, um, looking at oil prices earlier, they were down at $18 a barrel. I was listening to all these conversations I was involved in over the weekend, and one of the people I was talking to had the privilege of talking to both Trump and Muchin directly. And it was interesting. And, there, and as I'm listening to them, I had this, it was like a dream. I don't know how to explain it. My wife says I have an active imagination. But they were on a conference call and they were talking to the top heads of uh, top mortgage executives. And they had two lines on hold. They no more hung up the line on the mortgage executives and they picked up the next line. It was the top oil executives. And the top oil executives said, unless we have a stimulus, unless you bail us out, you won't have an oil industry, especially about prices at 21. That was what it was on Friday. Then it fell down over 18, at least what earlier the day, this morning. And then they no more got done with that call. And then they had the next line holding was the airline executives and saying, we have to cut back flights so much because this is continuing that we too are going to need to bail out. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that administration is having to deal with. And then we have press who wants to get critical because of the way he phrases things? My God, I just want to go slap some of those reporters out there for their lack of understanding of all that's being dealt with here. But a lot going on. Alice Alvey, good to have you with us, my dear. It was fun to talk with you and do a separate podcast last week. We got a lot of feedback on it, Alice, but Alice is CMB president, vice president of education and training at Union Home Mortgage with this week's legislative update. Boy, I've got some questions for you, Alice. Good to have you here. <laughs> well, it's good to be here, Dave. Well, I'm going to stick with the operational side of what we're dealing yes. with with virus. First on my list was to just give everyone, first of all, you really do need a task force at your end yes. so that you can be proactive about really looking at every part of the operation that can be impacted. And I'll give you some examples. You know, each of the states are coming up with their challenges and then, over the weekend, we heard that the IRS 4506T is not going to be available. Well, we know what's coming next, right? We've been through government shutdowns before. We know flood insurance is next. So that's an example of if you got all your smart people in the room and made a checklist of everything in your operation that could be impacted, make that list and make sure you're thinking about what your plan is. So, for example, in the 4506T that the IRS sent all their people home, you now have to pull out that same guidance for what we went through back in the government shutdown 
really skinny up when you're ordering them. If you are getting it for a feel-good condition, stop it and just get it at the bare bones when you actually have to have it, for example, with your self-employed borrowers. So go through that because uh, for so IRS, flood insurance, Social Security verifications, have all those on your list of getting your plan B to get those solved. Now, at the state level, be careful of financial services definitions. There are some states that are really starting to ratchet down on who's included in that, and it does seem to be clear that real estate brokers are not included. So if you're a real estate agent and you're still operating in your office, obviously vary by state. We were talking before the show day where, you know, in Andy's area in rural Texas, it's not as big of a deal as, you know, some of the more populated urban areas. You've got to stop being face-to-face and watch your state uh, financial institutions because there are multiple, picture there are multiple regulators at your state level. Each one has to address who it covers. So appraisers sometimes are under a different regulatory body than the real estate brokers. Uh, You could also have that your notaries are potentially under a separate regulatory body. So be sure when you're checking what's allowed and not allowed in each state, you understand by category. So just get ready. Assume your notaries are also under social distancing, not supposed to be sitting in an office anywhere, uh, even though your title company and others might be kind of skimming in underneath the rules. So anyway, heads up for everybody. Check those boxes. Uh, Last but not least, I want to touch briefly that FHA, VA, and USDA have now issued similar guidance to Fannie and Freddie about a verbal verification of employment alternative, that you can use pay stubs, uh, you can do an email if you can't reach that company. VA has actually now instituted that you can have up to one year to get that termite inspection. So it gives you a lot of room. You're going to be setting up repair escrows uh, for a lot of these to get this done. But all of these three government agencies are now in the same group of being allowing desktop and exterior-only appraisals. So be sure to check out those memos as well uh, to make your life easier right away. One good thing they did do is use the same date as Fannie Freddie as May 17th. We'll be watching that closely for you, assuming we're probably going to need an extension. And your borrowers, who we still don't have solutions for, other than things you can work out on the ground, are your new construction and your C2P borrowers there. Those are still excluded from those agencies as well for being able to get the exterior and the desktop. So still dealing with challenges on the ground, Dave, for, you know, things we always saw people and shook their hand for, and now we've got to, you know, wave from six feet. (laughs) (laughs) Wave from six feet. Yes, yes. Some of the things also going on, I know you work on the training side, but I know you're also one of the executives there then, one of the go-to people that's instrumental. Bill Cosgrove says you're one of the go-to people. Alice is one of the key, key people we have here. How is your company dealing with some of the overlays? We're having, again, this morning, I was on the treadmill early and dealing with phone calls the whole time as where should we have our overlays. Most everyone seems to have landed at uh, anything, any government loans below 640 our uh, FICO score are not, uh, they're, they're just, they're not funding them. Even if they're committed, I had one client that pulled about a dozen loans today that were to be funded because there's no market for it. Others have backed up to 660. Others have backed up to 680. And we had one lender, not one of our clients, but someone backed up to 700 just flat in panic that there's not going to be a government market. Now, hopefully with the stimulus that's been that's been put out there that we'll have that is uh, that will make such a difference that 
we'll see that begin to settle down. But man, Alice, I mean, there were several people who said after that came in after kudos for you doing coming on and doing a special podcast last week. Encourage our, encourage our listeners to listen to it. But then people said, could we ask Alice this question, that question? One of them is, how are you guys handling overlays? And even though are you going to where they're at, are you going to where they could be going backing up to? Any thoughts or wisdom you have for our listeners, whether it be just general wisdom or what Union Home is doing? Uh, well, real quick, I'll say we've always, we have very minimal overlays. Uh, certainly, you know, we watch our FHAs and VAs and USDAs very closely. We want good quality loans and we have a really what I would call closely held understanding of our borrowers, right? We just really feel like we've got super quality underwriting, super quality origination too. I mean, I, we just, I can't say enough about how amazing our salespeople have time. We haven't made any changes as a result of the new legislation pending. Now we have, there are meetings every day. There's discussions every day, watching the portfolio very closely, listening to our customers. So definitely adding staff in servicing so that we can take those calls really start to feel the pulse of our customer directly ourselves instead of through our subservicer. So our advantage is we're retaining our service servicing. For those of you who aren't retaining, it's there's two sides, right? The no value in right. servicing, but at least you don't have to deal with overlays of a third party. So we're not in that boat of struggling with third party overlays right now. But we, we are so monitoring good. it very closely day by day and uh, taking the pulse of our customers every day. Yeah, for those out there that are struggling with this, I'll tell you, the most important thing you do is liquidity, liquidity, liquidity. And if you're not selling direct to Jenny or the GSEs, how do you maintain liquidity? Make sure you're talking to your aggregators that you're selling to and you're talking at the right levels. The information isn't always getting down from the top down to you, the person level that you're talking to, listeners. And so make sure of that. There is a, there's a bit of a, a falling knife sense going on here. So uh, when do you catch a falling knife? We wait until it hits the bottom. Where do you connect on overlays? It's uh, for the aggregator world. We shall see. A lot of it's going to be playing out today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. We should know more by the end of the week. Alice, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Alan Paula, good to have you here with a tech update, friend. Hey there. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man, there's so much going on. And then you listen to how our infrastructure has been getting challenged. And then you hear Mm -hmm. about one of the major aggregators who uh, has a huge facility in India. And they had to send everyone home. And it just absolutely crippled their ability to operate. Because Indians, uh, they don't have the infrastructure that we have. 21 stay-at-home law right now in place where they have to... uh, Stay, stay at home <laughs> 21 days. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. the impact it's having. Now, some are better able to handle it. Some are struggling with it. So that's right. it's impacted one major aggregator, that's for sure. But so well, anyway, David, what will, you got, friend? I will start off with this. I I think you're the you're the squirrel caller because right when you switched <laughs> over to my segment, a squirrel ran right up to my front door window and at my office. Is are you serious? You are I, joking. No no, no joke. Oh my and, gosh. and then he looks, I sort of like, well, what's going on here? And then he turned and ran. So, but that's, I've never seen that happen. So it must be something, you must have some, some special gift. <laughs> well, so anyway. I got a t-shirt. I, I don't have ADD. Oh, look, squirrel. Um, so anyway. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I've been in some meetings where you've been, yeah, absolutely. So anyways, (laughs) uh, I'll start. We've got good stuff. We've got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, One is an an article, and this is actually really critical. This article was in the the Washington Post. I I love the title of it, and I'll just tell you what the article was about. You can go look at it on your own. It's called The Digital Divide is More Dangerous Than Mm. Ever. And it says yeah. more than 31% of rural Americans do not have access to broadband and 44% of adults in households uh, making under 30,000 do not have home broadband. And I'm sure that's just one stat. There's probably people that don't have good broadband. There's probably people that mm-hmm. have a lot of trouble. They're not technically uh, enabled to understand what to do. You know, half of, most of the schools in our country are now online using all different platforms. Healthcare is online. Yeah. There's, there's a lot online. So really is true. The digital divide is more dangerous now than ever. But on a more satisfying, positive note, David, do you know what's had a 494% increase? It's going to be video tour requests since the (laughs) COVID-19 outbreak. And Redfin has actually recorded that increase in the demand for video home tours. So that has, and as we would expect, that has absolutely skyrocketed. I do want to make a quick mention that, you know, if your technology teams are trying to figure out, like, what should they be doing if, you know, they're not working on maybe other projects, data protection and security, absolutely critical. And and forget about wire fraud and all the things that are still happening and and are going to happen because people are frazzled, they're stressed, or, or, or just, you know, these work from everywhere, right? It doesn't matter. But data protection and security, you've got people working from home on home machines, You've got people that are on iPads. You have a whole new environment to deal and work with and manage. And th- there's a whole community to help you. But if you need help, you can even reach out to us. But data protection and security is absolutely critical for your technology teams right now. David, also, there was an article in National Mortgage News. It came out today. It actually features our own Les Parker. It talks about technology uh, companies and how they're prepared for other types of uncontrolled events and natural disasters. Les had a great comment in the article. He said, typically with customers remotely, so social distancing works well for us. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> expect anything, anything less from Les. He actually has a whole, a whole bunch of uh, comments in there in that article. You want to check it out. But really what it talks about is how lenders have been prepared. One example is Allied Mortgage Group. You know, they've, they've yeah. been working for a long time on artificial intelligence. They call it ARTI. For sure, and typically a three-person right. yeah. closing unit would touch about 3,000 pieces of paper. Each package took about an hour, and now they do the whole thing in an average of two minutes, and they move to an exception-based process. Those yep. of you that know my background, that's exactly what I've been focused on for so many years, and it's really what our industry is focused on. So there's other great companies doing great things inside that article. You want to check it out, National Mortgage News. Now, this is the fun stuff. The MBA has put out a link. We can put it in the show notes. It's called Coronavirus Statewide Resources. It lists a bunch of different links as to which states offer remote online notarizations and other great information. So if you don't have it, it's on MBA's homepage. We can post a link as well, but you want to make sure you check that out. In addition, I want to mention that most states are taking steps to ensure loan officers are licensed to operate from home and that they're considered essential. By the way, California real estate sales is now deemed essential industry. And so here it is. The department will not enforce action. This is in California. 
against licenses for operating unlicensed branches to the extent that during the state of emergency, employees conduct oh, activities, you ready, from home that are normally would require a branch license, provided that the appropriate measures are taking place to protect consumers and their data. So your IT teams are absolutely critical to keep those essential services moving forward. So super, super important. California is just one of many other states uh, where this is really important. And I, I will, I, I've got lots of stuff and I don't, I know we don't have lots of time. So I will just give you uh, two other very quick things. One is great article in the credit union times. It's called States Fast Track Remote Online Notarization, at least temporarily. And experts do believe that this is going to bring that much needed technology to mortgage and home equity lending. And really, when you look at it, it's how fast can states adopt it? I did speak with two providers last week of um, e-mortgage solutions, including remote online notarization. And believe it or not, RONs, they don't account for a very big amount of the conversation and talk we have. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But where I'm going is we need more adoption. Anyways, Iowa has, they passed a law in 2019 that by July 1st, 2020, they were going to implement it. They went right ahead and pushed it forward on March 20th, 10 days ago. The governor did. So now you can do RONs in Iowa. Land Gorilla, by the way, launched remote inspections. This is the norm. This is we're, we're moving technology, we're moving process forward. And so yeah. I know everybody's stressed out. Take a deep breath. Work with your technology teams. We will get there. A lot of great more updates for next week. And David, one last thing I just want to leave us with. I've got a couple of people that are actually out of work, really good people, folks that are good with support. They know mortgage. If you're looking for people and you're looking for that stay-at-home staff, maybe you, you just need to add to your team, give me a shout-out. You can reach me at alan at tms-advisors.com. Good job. Good job. Definitely want to help them out. There's going to be a few more, unfortunately, needing looking work. And we're going to come out of this, folks, on the other side. I have a statistic, a tech statistic. I didn't know if you were going to cover it, so I wanted to wait till afterwards. Zoom, the okay. video conferencing system, is mm -hmm. now valued at 50% more than all the U.S. airlines put together. Zoom. You know what's value? You know what's crazy? That's amazing, David. Absolutely. You know what's crazy? And I didn't give you the exact detail last week, but Zoom is held by a holding company called Zoom Communications, and Zoom is Zoom Video. And Zoom Communications was almost an empty shell. It was worth almost nothing. And now it is worth tons of money. And it was almost, they almost <laughs> didn't have any employees. So they are doing fantastic. Go to meeting. By the way, stability, I've used all these, both of these platforms, including others, every day, all day, and they're all working yeah. extremely well. They're all working just fine. Yeah, Zoom is working yeah. really, really well. I want to say that was a post I saw from someone I trust that they did the fact checking on that. So I guess I could, yeah. I was trying to get that fact checked, but it is crazy and amazing. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate you being here. Andy Shell, this is going to be interesting because he is going to help us understand margin calls. You say, well, I don't have a margin call. Well, your lender is most likely or your aggregator is. So Andy Shell, Dr. Andy Shell, Profit Doctor, good to have you here, friend. Hey, Dave. Well, I've got I, – I came up with five topics for the show notes, although I'll do the easy one first. <laughs> the web, webinars next week on hedge accounting. So there you go. You, yep. Your board wants something to do, sign up through the MBA. Yep. So um, margin calls, are, are not understanding margin calls or seeing margin calls. So, Dave, I thought I would talk about margin calls and then MSR value drivers because that seems yes, to be they're all, they're all connected. 
So the first thing you have to do to understand margin calls is to understand some basics about rate dynamics, interest rate dynamics. So it's really pretty straightforward, and, and at some point I can explain why the, why the discount cash flow works this way. But the bottom line of it is when, when rates go down, the value of the loan goes up. And when rates go down, the value of the hedge goes down. So, But the whole point is here to create a teeter-totter. One goes up, the other goes down mm-hmm. in the same amount at the same pace, but in opposite directions. This is called the secondary marketing gain preservation. So we want to make the money we thought we were going to make. So every morning when we come into work, all the lenders have already taken investor rates and marked them up. So we take our, our investor rates, mark it up to create the gain on sale, and that gain on sale is used to recover all the operating costs and to make a profit. So we've got the, this gain in our loan. So then we, we have our interest rate lock commitment that we've issued, and so now we want to protect our interest rate risk exposure we have in our lock pipeline, so we enter into a hedge transaction. And that could be best efforts. Typically, in a normal world, best efforts is less less um, effective. It's a lower gain on sale than if you use a short TBA MBS position and then pair out and go into a mandatory delivery commitment. So while you have the hedge in place with a short TBA MBS position, we've sold future mortgage. Uh, we sold future mortgage-backed securities, and we're using that to protect the value of the IRLC when rates move. They move it, the, the value of the locked pipeline, the value of the hedge goes up and down in opposite directions, but by the same amount. And that creates our preserving our gain on sale. So if rates actually do go down like they have been, then we should have bigger gains in our loans because the value of the loans went up and we'll have losses in our hedge. But the loss in the hedge compared to the gains in the loan still make our gain on sale. We still make the same amount of gain on sale irrespective of what happens in interest rates, because that's the whole point of the hedge. We're hedging against rate movement to make it so we make the same amount. Now, the problem is, the first issue is, what happens when rates move super fast and are highly volatile? Well, we may end up with margin decay where we don't actually we don't actually make the transition from the short hedge position and pair out to a mandatory delivery commitment. We might actually not get the, the loan sale gain we were expecting. Also, when we have our short position, which means that the hedge, so as rates go down, the value of the hedge goes down. So that the hedge is a security trade. We sold a, a security through a broker-dealer. When we enter into a hedge position with a broker-dealer and the value of that position goes down, that creates exposure to the broker-dealer. So when the broker-dealer sees rates dropping and the value of the hedge going down, so we have company are going, well, that's okay because the value of the loans are going up, make more money on the loans, we'll have a loss on the hedge, but we still made our secondary marketing margin. From the broker-dealer perspective, the broker-dealer has a, has a risk exposure that went up because they have counterparty risk. They've got this, this broker-dealer has the risk that what happens if that trade doesn't settle? So what the broker-dealer does is they say, hey, we've got this loss exposure in your hedge position. We want you to put up some collateral. To, to protect us in case there's a problem with this hedge when it settles. So that's the margin call. Our margin call is simply a collateral deposit to offset the exposure in the hedge losses. 
But we at the mortgage company, we're going to sell our loans. We're going to make a lot of, instead of making 103, we're going to make 105. When we sell the loans, we're going to have a 2% loss in the hedge. But we still made 103. That's what we wanted. But until the security settles, we've got to keep the broker-dealers' counterparty risk exposure intact. So they want us to put a deposit up. So we move money from our account at Wells Fargo, and we move it over to Bank of Oklahoma. Well, that's not a good example because Bank of Oklahoma doesn't require margin calls. Move it over right. to multi-bank. So what we've got to remember is that margin calls occur when our short position is in a lost state. It's called being out of the money. And a margin call is simply a collateral offset. And then once the security settles, the payoff occurs, it goes away, and we settle out in cash. So the, the trick, though, is that Secondary marketing best execution models look at look at best price. They don't typically look at margin call exposure. So I've been what they we we've been talking about this for years and years. I always talk yeah. about best X is not best X if you don't consider margin call exposure. So if you've got That's a right. loss position in your hedge yep. and you're going to sell more to the same broker where you already have a significant exposure to margin call, then don't do that. Maybe you give up some ticks by going with another broker. But you've got to look at margin call exposure, and secondary marketing people don't do it. They and don't we do it. have know. right now payroll risk. We have payroll risk yeah. right now today because secondary marketing did not pay attention to margin call exposure. So you've either got to go with a broker dealer that doesn't Boy. require margin call, like Fannie Mae or Bank of Oklahoma, or, or watch this stuff. Be aware of it. Be careful. Best X is not, best X is not just price. It also has to consider margin call exposure when we've got this kind of volatility. Now, like Joe was saying, and Dave, you were saying, MBS is better today. It's actually, it's actually, it dropped in the morning. It dropped in the morning. Prices went up. Now it's stabilizing. Yeah. So real quick, the yep. MSR. Well, why is the MSR getting hit so bad? So part of the TBA MBS short position is a servicing multiple value that's included in the value of the MBS. We, when we create a security and hold the MSR, like all the time I was at Bank of America, this is what we did. So you create a security, you hold the MSR. So the value of the MSR is driven by rates and also economic conditions. When rates go up, people don't refi. The servicing lasts longer, so that's good. When rates go down, the MSR prepayment speeds accelerate, and the value of the MSR goes down. So the MSR value is pretty much the same direction as the hedge position. But here's the, here's the difference. Here's the unique part. Economic conditions can be more of an effect than just rate movements. Because when, when you have economic distress, if delinquencies go up, if people don't make their payment, the servicer, the mortgage company, has to, on MBS, on security servicing, scheduled, scheduled servicing, you have to make the payment for the borrower. You have to give the money to the security, even if the borrower didn't pay. And so if you're a servicer and you're looking at valuing MSR and you're looking at people aren't going to be making mortgage payments, for 30 days or 60 days or 80 days, or we don't know when, how much are you going to pay to buy an asset that's going to generate you a cash advance risk where you have to you, you have to make the payment to the security holder even if you didn't get the money from the borrower? So you're going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have, a, have a servicing right with a borrower and not make the payment. So how do you protect yourself from that? Well, you, you raise your FICO limit. You go to 680. 700, yep. even 720. You've got to protect yourself Word. from advanced risk. 
That's the big issue with MSRs is advanced risk. There is definitely value risk as well with the rate volatility, but delinquency also costs more because you've got to have the people to call the borrowers and try to get it paid. But advanced risk is the most essential element that's affecting MSRs today. So anyway, that was a lot of stuff, Dave. But Boy, that's, that's a lot, it but it's so good. I mean, it, it, it should cause people to want to pick up the phone and call you on a number of points you made. Now, they have passed PTAP, which is pass-through, uh, pass-through assistant program at Jenny May. It's not in place this moment, but that's to draw on. But here's the fallacy in that. It's just not money they're throwing at everything. I was talking to another lender, and they're, co- they're counseling their LOs and saying, what should we say to our borrowers? They said, We're, we've got, we got, we got forbearance. I said, forbearance is not forgiveness. Tell your borrowers mm-hmm. they are still going to be responsible for the mortgage payment. It's either now or at some point down the road, if you have the money, pay it. And they go, what? And so forbearance or forgiveness on the consumer side, you got to talk, understand that. you got to understand when PTAP is going to kick in, to what degree, is it applicable for everything? There's a lot of unknowns. But, Andy, you cover the basics so well for us, and I think your webinar is a must-listen to. More than just covering the basics, you can go deep into the weeds on this stuff. And I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. Dr. Andy Shell, CFPB, CMBB, <laughs> and now Ph.D., our beloved Prophet Doctor Andy, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you and all your wisdom. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate People it. get a hold of Andy. Get a hold of Andy at MBS-team.com if you have any questions. And there are you should be flooding his inbox with all the stuff that's out there. As we wrap this up, there's so much we could cover on this. This next segment we're getting into, the hot topic segment, folks, you don't want to miss this. Again, this ends our weekly update segment. But we're now going to get into the hot topic segment that we pre-recorded last week, and it's talking about how to prepare for the e mortgages, the e closings, e everything as we move into the future. So grateful for our sponsors: the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, as well as Indicom, Incelerates. Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, Knowledge Coop, Mobility RE, Modex, Velma, VendorSurf, and Vidyard. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Apologize for the podcast going a little longer, but I think it was worth it. I'd love to hear from you how you're doing and keep me posted. What's going on at your company? Be at 512-632-2900. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.